Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. I want to direct your attention to the word of the Lord, please. I'm going to the book of Psalms. I'm going to be reading from the 105th Psalm. The 105th Psalm. We'll read verse 17 down through verse 20. I told my wife before the service today, if nobody gets anything out of this word, she and I are going to get something from this word today. I feel like I've got something for you that's going to help you. Amen. This may very well be considered a continuation of Tuesday night uh, because I guess that's what the Lord's dealing with me about. And I want to share it with you. Psalms 105 verse 17. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters, and he was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. Let me read that again because that's where I want to hone in today. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. And the king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. I want to talk to you today about the test of words. The test of words. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you once again for being able to be in your presence. Lord, with your people. Even though we may be distanced by technology, but yet we're together in the Spirit. The same Holy Ghost that is here is there with them. And we thank you, God, for that. Lord, we're going to give you praise, and we shout your name, Jesus. Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We began the year with a focus on the word of the Lord. For our 37 days of consecration, every message, though it came from the word, it was about the word and it focused on the word. Without question today, we believe wholeheartedly that the word of God is powerful and that its truths and precepts are absolute, binding, and transformative. The Bible is the means by which you and I know God. We know his will and we know how to hear his voice. There are a lot of people today that'll say, lo, here's Christ, lo, is there Christ, or this is a prophecy, or that is a prophecy. And the way we test that is by the word that has been written to us. He is still a God that gives to us a rainbow word or a spoken word that brings revelation to us. But that spoken word and that rhema word must fall in line with the authority of the living written word. For we find that Paul told in Timothy, 2 Timothy 4 and 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect or mature, thoroughly furnished unto good works. All Scripture, all Scripture, all canon Scripture was God-breathed. Amen. This book, this holy book, the Word of God, is a living book that the Bible tells us is indestructible. It is incorruptible. It is indispensable. We believe it to be, according to its word, infallible. And it is indeed inexhaustible. Its depths has yet not been found. Its fullness has yet to be discovered. Revelations are yet still with seen within it. Amen. And yet the foundation of doctrine stands sure. When you read the word, you will find the Bible tells us that we're surrounded by the word. We are healed by the word. We are held together by the word. We realize that faith comes by the word. We're blessed by the word. Revelation comes by the word. The promises come by the word. Jesus is indeed the word of God. I know that the Bible is the life-changing source. There's a lot of people that say today, how do I know the Bible is to be true? Well, look at the impact it has upon its followers and believers. The word of God is creative and producing for from the very beginning, God said, and it was so. God said, let there be, and it happened. We find that the writer of Hebrews says that our time, our age, is framed by the word of God. We see that Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. It is progressive, ongoing, a lie proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today that I know that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Amen. And I believe that he himself, the Lord of glory, brings to us the revelation of the word of God. For we find it is the word of God that reveals the God of the word. The word of God is impactive, effective, and life-changing. Isaiah tells us, so the Lord speaking says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall, somebody say it shall, accomplish that which I please, and it prospereth to the thing whereunto I sent it. That's the word of God. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. Amen. This is the word that we believe. This is the word that brings faith. Hallelujah. It is the word of God that the Bible teaches repeatedly is right, correct, is good. The writer of Hebrews says it like this. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide asunder of soul and spirit and joints in the mire and is the discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Hallelujah. That's the word of God. Our faith comes by the word. Our faith is developed by the word. But according to our text today, our faith is also tested by the word. I have learned, and the preachers in the house and those watching today will attest, whatever you preach, you're usually going to have to meet and live. You preach something the very next day, the very next week, the very next month, it's going to show up and God's going to say, can you live it? Because you'll be tested by that. 
were tested by the word. Amen. One can readily understand today that there's a war of words going on in our world. One can readily understand today by the news media, by social media, that really you can put it on video, you can put it in print, you can put it on a post. It's all about the words and who's saying what and, and who's declaring what. Amen. But I want to talk to you today about a test of the words, a, 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 a conflict, if you please, of words between my word and God's word, between your word and God's word. For the Bible declares a, something to me that is kind of puzzling. It says about Joseph, when I consider all the blessings, all the power, and all the promises of the word of God, isn't it strange that the Holy Spirit would insert in Psalm 105, the word of the Lord tested him. Whew. We read that verse, until the time of his word, came the word of the Lord tried Joseph. Let me reintroduce you to the dreamer, Joseph. He was prophetically destined for a position of distinction. He was designed by God's hand to be a great leader. In his youth, he was given by his dad a multicolored coat that said, you're the next in line. That said, you're my favorite. Families fight over whose favorites and who's nots. Well, there was no fighting about this other than Joe is my favorite. We find that Joseph was a, a, a dreamer who had dreams of leadership, dreams of blessings, dreams of prosperity, dreams of being accepted and adored, dreams of success, dreams of leading those around him, particularly his family. Joseph had the promise of his father saying, you're number one, the prophecy of God saying, you're going to be number one. And then he had his brothers. Let's look at this. Joseph tells his dreams, quite frankly, he maybe should have been quiet at this particular moment, but, uh, you know, young folks aren't always the wisest folks. Genesis chapter 37 and verse 4. Genesis 37 and 4. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. <clears throat> they couldn't say anything nice. They see Joe walking around it's like, look at that dreamer. Look at dad's favorite. Who's he think he is? They couldn't say anything peaceably unto him. And verse five says, Joseph dreamed a dream and he told his brethren, he told his brethren and they hated him yet the more. See what I'm talking about, wisdom? And he said unto them, here I pray you this dream which I dream. Here I pray you what, I, what the words are coming out of my mouth. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. Joe, your brothers hate you. You have not yet read Zig Ziglar's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I don't think I was Zig Ziglar. I think I was someone else. Whew. <clears throat> Yes, Norman Vincent Peale, read that. I want to get, wrote that. I want to get that right. But he says, let me tell you my dream. And the Bible says that they hated him yet more for his dreams and for his words. Look at that last verse, verse eight. 
And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet more for his dreams and for his words. What are you talking about, Joe? You're crazy if you think we're going to allow that to happen. You may be favorite son, but you're a hated brother. You may be a favorite son of dad, but we detest you because of that. And now we hate you even more because of your words. So they mocked his words. They demolished his words. They said those will never happen. We're not going to let that happen. Matter of fact, we're going to take you to a pit. We're going to strip you of your coat. We're going to take you to a pit and we're going to tell you now. Why don't you speak those words now? Come on, Joe. Why don't you tell us a dream now from this pit? In the blackness and the solitude of the pit, one can begin to take account of what they've said. What did I say? What did I say that got me in this mess? What is it that I said that hurt their feelings? What did I say? What words come out of my mouth that hurt their feelings? That old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones and words will never hurt me, is a lie. I'd rather have sticks and stones. I can heal from sticks and stones. But words go deep. And those brothers were so angry because of his words. They sold him into slavery, saying, we're taking your dreams away. We're taking your dreams away. Whose feet, the psalmist said, they hurt with fetters. And he was laid in iron. Come on, won't you preach now, Joe? Won't you tell us your story now, Joe? Amen. We find that he was sold eventually into Potiphar's house. The captain of the guard. Amen. One writer calls him the chief executor. Executioner. The chief executioner. This was, this was someone not to trifle with. But when he was there, Job began to, to think about his, no doubt about his life. Where am I? Where are those dreams now? I don't know, but I got a feeling somewhere he had to rehearse those dreams in his mind. And maybe he told somebody else the story. Maybe he spoke the words. I do not know. But one thing I do know is that while he was sold into slavery and while he was sold into Potiphar's house, Genesis 39 and 2 tells us that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Even when it seemed like his dream was never going to be fulfilled, even when it seemed like he was all alone, amen, there was something going on. It was the test of words. It was a test of words, amen. You will find that temptation came to get him. Temptation came to get his dream, amen, Temptation wanted to sidetrack him by Potiphar's wife who cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, lie with me. Lay down and said, lie down with me. But he refused. Hallelujah, he refused. Maybe at that moment he's thinking about, I can't do this and keep my dream. I can't do this and keep my word. I can't do this and act like this and keep saying what I believe. I want to tell you, there is a killer of dreams that wants to destroy your word, that wants to destroy your faith, that wants you to feel like it'll never happen. And if it can, it will si- he will sidetrack you. You know the story, he just, he just ran from it. He fleed from her and then was accused of the attempt of rape. Mm-hmm. 
Then he's cast into prison. A new dungeon, a new issue, a new abyss, a new frustration, a new feeling of loneliness, a new feeling of isolation. But I wonder if one day he sat down and began to tell somebody his dream. You're telling this dream in this place. You're saying these words in this place. Don't you know where you are? Look around, Joe. Look around. You're in a prison. You're in a bad place. Amen. But I want to remind you what Genesis tells us. Just a few verses from what we just read. Amen. Genesis 39 and 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The Lord is with you if you are a person of faith. If you will hold your faith, the Lord is with you in the test. The Lord is with you in the trial. The Lord is with you in your season of pain. The Lord is with you even when it seems like it goes against what you spoke yesterday. Maybe it goes against the very words that come out of your mouth just a few days ago. But I want to tell you God can be with you in that moment. He's being tested. But he's being tested over his words. He's being tested over his words. Let me read to you that verse again. Psalm 105, verse 19. Until the time his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. What he spoke as a kid, what he spoke in Potiphar's house, what he spoke in the prison, what he told himself and keep telling himself, his word didn't seem, his reality didn't seem to match up with his word, but he made sure that his word matched up with God's word. Amen. That's where the test is. Does your word and my word match up with God's word? Or does it begin to appear to our surroundings and our issues and, and everything's, everything's bad. Well, I prayed and I got healed, but it come back. Or I had this blessing and I'm praying and, and I'm believing for revival, but I've not ever seen it. I'm believing for my lost uh, uh, child, grandchild. I'm believing for them to come back to God, but I've never seen it. But I want to tell you, you've got to keep declaring the word of the promise until it aligns up with God. And, and, and don't worry about your situation. Don't worry about what it looks like around you. Let your words continue to be aligned with his have you activated the promise of God how do you activate the promise of God brother Austin how do we activate the promise of God with our mouth and with our actions faith without works is dead James says it is with our mouth Amen. You cannot bellyache and gripe and complain and talk bad about how things are and expect God to come in and shower out a revival blessing on you. We can't say, well, there'll never be an end time revival. There'll never be a revival in my church. I'll never see souls saved. Amen. Then expect and say, God, why aren't you answering my prayer for revival? It's because you have not connected your words to God's words. I want to make sure that what God gave me as a teen or what God gave me yesterday is with me today, whatever it may seem, because my God does not lie. His word does not change. He said, I. I would be an overcomer. 
I'm going to hold on to that. Joe, God gave you that dream. You may have been a little bit unwise when you said it, but it still was the truth. You think some of you think I stood up and testified about something and now it doesn't look like it all pans out. I guarantee that's what Joseph thought. I said it. I declared it. I decreed it. I grabbed it, grabbed it and blabbed it. I believed it and I said it and I declared it. Now it looks like everything's falling apart. Well, if God gave you that, keep on grabbing it and blabbing it. If God put it in his word and he spoke it, it's not a, it's not, it's not a prophecy of grandma. It's not a prophecy of aunt so-and-so or uncle so-and-so, but rather it's a word of God. You know what? I'm going to talk to somebody right now that your word has been, I want this kind of person. I'm going to marry that kind of person. I'm going to live in this kind of situation. Amen. But you're not stopped long enough to say, did God give me that? Or this is just my, uh, my thought. But Lord, I'm going to marry the person you want me to marry. I'm going to follow where you want me to go. I'm going to believe what you said. And I'm going to take it with me no matter what happens in my life. Until what? He said, come to pass. The word of the Lord tried him. The battle sometimes is over my words and God's words. What we do between the moment we declare our victory, our revival, our healing, our deliverance, and the moment it physically is manifested is very important. Sometimes God works instantly. Sometimes God works over time. Sometimes God's got a different plan. Who are we to declare and decree our plan over God's? The important thing is to say, I want to know what God has for me. I'm going to seek his will. I'm going to seek his way. And even if I'm a little unwise like Joe... Even if I wasn't a smart cookie and, and I stepped out and I said something I shouldn't have said, Lord, if it aligns with your word, I'm keeping it. And if I mess up, I'm going to get up again. If I get accused of something I didn't do, I'm going to get up again. If I have things happen to me in my life, I'm going to make sure my words stay with your words. My word stay with your words. We need to be very careful that in the test of words, we find out what God is saying. The battle with, between us is the flesh and the will of God. It's our will that wars against his will. It's our natural sight that wars against the spirit and against faith. But when you begin to declare what you cannot see physically, that is in keeping with what God has given you, you begin to remove self dependence because self will say i gotta make this happen i gotta force myself what happens then we force ourselves, and then we wind up in a pit but when our words line up with his it refines us of our self-indulgence so that we walk according to what he had planned because the dream would turn out a little different then no doubt what he been originally thought would be. It reminds us in those moments when we're in the test of words 
our words with his words is that God's grace is sufficient for me. Paul said, Lord, take this away. I've, I've prayed it. I've prayed it. Take this away. Take this thorn in my flesh away. And God's word was, my grace is sufficient for thee. Okay, here's what you do. That's what you start confessing. That's what you start declaring. That's what you start saying. In spite of all this, his grace is sufficient for me. Some of you are waiting on your dreams to come, waiting for the promise to be fulfilled. Don't put God in a box and say, this is what God has got for me in every detail, but rather see it as a piece of the puzzle that when it is set in place, the picture becomes clear and you say, oh, that's what God had for me. I see it now. That's what God had for me. Psalm 66 and 9. Psalm 66 and 9. Which holdeth our soul in life and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For our God has proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net. Thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Well, wait a second. That went a whole different direction than I thought we was going to go. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. Ooh, hallelujah. We went through fire and through water. Ooh. But, 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 thou brought us out into a wealthy place. He said, I will go into thy house with burnt offerings and I will pay thee my vows. What are you saying, Psalmist? I'm saying my words is not matched up to my circumstance, but my words are matched up to his promise. Again, I preached almost exactly something very similar Tuesday night to you. And I, I, I had to go back here again. I had to go back here again because I feel it lev levied upon my heart. Amen. Your deliverance is in your words. Your victory is in your words. But they got to match up to his. They got to match. So I need to know, God, what are you saying? Because whatever you say is what I want to say. Here's what I know about God. He's faithful. He's faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Amen. And sometimes it's not just about me. Look at Psalms 105. Let's go back to verse 16, which we did not begin with. We, we, we began with verse 17, but let's go back to the context just a little bit further. Verse 16, moreover, speaking of God, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. Verse 17 then says, he sent a man before them, before the famine, before the famine, God had a man that he gave a dream to as a teenager. And he said, you're going to be, this is going to happen to you. But before you do that, you're going to have a little bit of a battle of words. Your word and my word has got to line up. I can't trust that 17 year old in the throne. I've got to take him through the places of the pit and the prison before he ever gets to the palace. But God said, I was going to call a famine upon the land. So I sent a man long before. You may be in that right now. It's not always about me. It's not always about my personal victory. It's not always about my personal battle. It may be that I'm part of the piece of the puzzle.
They put his feet in fetters, verse 18. They laid him in iron until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Then the king, verse 20, sent and loosed him. Even the rule of the people and let him go free. Amen. He made him Lord of his house and ruler of, of all his substance to bind the princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Here's what happens when the word begins to come aligned in the test is that after the test, the king is coming to loose you. The king is coming to set you free. The king is coming to fulfill your dream, make you Lord over his house, that spiritual dominion, and make you ruler over all his substance. That spiritual blessings and natural blessings and give you authority in the palace. I want to tell you, if you can't have dominion over your word in the pit and you can't have dominion over your word in Potiphar's house or in the prison, then don't expect God to trust you to have dominion over your word in the palace. So I say right now, in the small test, have dominion over your words. Match them to God. In your middle test, have dominion over your words and match them with God's. Job said like this, but he knoweth the way that I take and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When he hath tried me, when he's put me in the refiner's fire, amen. I want to tell you today, Keep declaring that that loss child is going to be saved. Keep saying, my church is going to have revival. Keep saying somebody's going to get baptized in Jesus' name. Even if the waters have not been troubled, keep saying it. Keep allying it because I want to match God's word. I want to match God's word. Listen, look at Mark chapter 11, verse 22. <clears throat> and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Some Greek scholars say that this literally can be interpreted, have the God kind of faith, or as God would act. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall do what? Say unto this mountain. Say unto this mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not darn in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith. Again, have faith in God. Have faith in God. What, what is God saying? Whatever God is saying, that's what I've got to say to the mountain. Not whatever I want, but whatever God is saying, I'm going to say to the mountain. Praise the Lord. But shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Whatever you say, the word say is the Greek word lego, which means continual building block. A continual building block. Uh, you know the lego, the system, lego system. Amen. They're the ones that hurt your feet real bad when they're on the floor. But a Lego system is a building block system. Faith is a building block system. It is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's building a block upon another. What is the building block? 
what you say. What you say. It's a test of words. I want them to come to the music. We're going to worship the Lord in victory today. Everybody, listen to me at this moment. What words are stringing out of your mouth right now in this coronavirus? You can have opinions about all this. I doubt some of this junk that I read. I'll be honest with you. I think it's nothing. I'm not saying it's a hoax, but some of it is a bunch of hullabaloo. Some of it's very serious, very real. I don't want to discount that. But that's not the Lego I'm working on. I'm working on this Lego. He said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. I'm trusting that. I'm trusting that. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said in his word, I can do all things through Christ. Our mouth has got to match his words. Our mouth has got to match his words. So I tell you today, keep speaking in faith because your words are going to be tested. Yeah, you're going to be tried by what you say, but just keep speaking it because God's got a plan. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Brother, sister, keep praying your prayers. Keep believing. If God touched you once and you claimed it, continue to receive that. I know that your physical body may feel differently, but begin to continue to say, I'm healed. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What's the alternative? What's the alternative? I feel bad. I feel horrible. This is awful. Are in this mess. My God said he's the healer. My God said he's the healer. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Thank you.